Welcome to the Loss and Lifting Talk podcast. The show is created to help you find your confidence by breaking down the complicated science of training and nutrition and turning it into simple, but more importantly, practical solutions that you can implement right away to start creating real results inside your body composition. We don't stop there either. We dive into the mental aspect of fitness to not only build a better body, but a better life all around. Podcasts were the medium where I learned and grew as an individual more than any other place in my life. The goal of this podcast is to give that back to you to start building the exact body and life that you know you're capable of. So without further ado, let's jump into the episode. What is going on, guys, and welcome back to another episode of the podcast. Today's episode is going to be a little bit different. You're here listening to me, Chaz, at the moment, but today... Alex, a coach inside of Lost and Lifting, who you guys always hear me do Q&As with each week, actually brings on a guest named Caitlin McGinley, who is a former competitive athlete, and now she is a functional health and fitness coach. So she specializes in working with women on functional help. So if they're having hormonal issues or biofeedback issues with lots of hunger or low energy levels or losing their cycles and all of these different types of things that can happen for women that can and cause issues just to your overall health, to your mental state, and how you feel overall. And so she really likes to dive into that aspect of things, which so does Alex. That's what he specializes in at Lost and Lifting. He works with a lot of the ladies that come in and are looking for help in optimizing their body composition, obviously, with building more lean muscle definition, with being able to lose body fat, but even more than that, really helping them dial in on their overall health and how they feel too, to get their hormonal profile in a better position, to get their energy levels in a better position, to get their relationships with food in a better position. That's where he really thrives when working with a lot of our clients at Lost and Lifting. And so between the two of them today, they have a a really good episode that just dives into different symptoms that you might be dealing with and maybe you've been to doctors or maybe you've got hormonal panels done with your blood and different things and you're low in energy, you're dealing with lots of cravings when it comes to food, you're not seeing your body be able to progress, maybe you're struggling to be able to lose weight or stay consistent with your nutrition and to be frank, you just feel like shit. And if that's where you're currently at and you're having issues, then Alex and Caitlin dive in on today's episode into that in greater detail in different ways that you can go about figuring out your symptoms and figuring out solutions to those symptoms to help optimize how you're feeling overall and actually give your body a chance to be able to change. And obviously at the end of the day, like the things that are at the main forefront of this that you can control are trying to get your nutrition on point, making sure you're active, ideally strength training, getting in some movement each day, focusing on recovery in regards to sleep, taking time for yourself to be able to relax and get out of that fight or flight state where you're always stressed out. Those things are always at the forefront, right? And they're really just basics in regards to just taking care of yourself overall. If you don't have those things in place, trying to use more advanced strategies, which Alex and Caitlin are gonna talk about on this episode, that's probably not for you yet, right? You need to focus more on just the basics and getting yourself in the best position with the things that you can control, and then you can start to potentially use some of these more advanced type of strategies and suggestions that those two are gonna bring up on today's episode. And so I just wanna personally thank Caitlin for taking a little bit of time to pop on today's episode today. I wanna thank Alex for taking time out of his day to be able to bring you guys this type of content um, and dive into these little bit deeper issues where he really specializes with ladies that come in and work with us. So 
So if, if you are a woman, if you do deal with any of these types of things, if you feel like your health is just off, your mind is just off, your body is just off, then listening to this episode, I think is going to be a great benefit to you. And you might come out at the end with a decent amount of solutions with things that you can look at and potentially reach out to us and have a conversation with Alex. And maybe he can help lead you down the right path with a little bit further direction from an expert in this field as well when it comes to functional health. So I appreciate you all for being here. I'm going to turn it over to Alex and Caitlin, and let's just jump into the episode. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Lost in Lifting podcast. I'm excited to bring you guys a bit of a newer topic, something we haven't really talked about a ton on this podcast quite yet. And so if you are someone who is dealing with things like daily exhaustion, bloating, constipation, you feel like you're on edge all the time, you have highs and lows with your energy, maybe some of the above, maybe all of the above, you are going to want to make sure to tune into this episode of the podcast. I am here today with Coach Caitlin, who I had the privilege of meeting a few months back at a networking event, and she is a functional health and training coach. So Coach Caitlin, Welcome to the podcast. How are you? Thank you. I'm great. Excited to be here. Absolutely. How have you been enjoying your first winter season on the East Coast this year? It has been great. It's not officially the coldest cold it's going to be, but I'm excited nevertheless to have my first fall, winter. I've been over on the East Coast only in summertime, so... It's it's quite charming compared to San Diego, but I'm a little biased being that I had the best city weather, what I feel like in the world. So perfect. Yeah. Well, yeah, I wanted to bring you on to the podcast. Um, I thought you just were someone who, in terms of like coaching and the content that you put out, I believe we share a really kind of similar focus as to the message that we're trying to um, deliver to clients. And you are someone who you don't just go through this on the daily, incorporating things like this with clients, but you also have kind of gone through multiple journeys of your own, kind of just being able to offer that first person experience, I think is going to be really, really cool. So as far as just like the listeners getting to know you, where would you say that your kind of journey first started? I know you were a competitive athlete growing up. Where did kind of things go from there? Yeah, um, I definitely was very active as a person already with sports as a kid and all through college. I you know, I had a traditional family where we ate, sat down together. So I had my regular meals, I had snacks, I had all the things. Um, but I never really studied any of that, you know, very closely until after college. So I guess you can say I quote unquote, got away with a lot of the nutrition sides of things, because I was so active, I think I still had my youth. And I, you know, started birth control, the hormonal pill, um, in high school, as a lot of my friends did, you know, I'm 31 now. So I had a lot of phases that 
revolved around pretty much staying active. And, um, you know, I, I think that kept a really good overall pulse through me on my health and that I'm lucky my parents pushed me to have a lot of those like principles that came through, but through my journey of probably more so my gut health and just becoming more fascinated with fitness and wellness and seeing how cool you can nerd out with the lab sides of things. Um, I'm just more passionate about that. And I was able to fuse my own health, like, Hey, how can I optimize? And then I add my own troubles with gut health, um, hormones, skin. And I realized, Oh, I can actually heal and fix myself and be even better. So I feel like part of it, I got a little lucky and then it just so happens that it is my passion. So those things really fused, I think pretty much college and right after college. And that's when I had probably multiple journeys all start to mold into one. Cause as you know, all these issues really, they're all integrated. It's not just this one thing. Mm-hmm. And with those symptoms, I mean, we kind of chat, or I guess we didn't chat, but I listed kind of some of those symptoms earlier where it was kind of like irregular cycles, like bloating, kind of gut health, acne, kind of things, you know, along those lines. And I think it brings up just in like an interesting point when you say you like healed from that, because in today's world, I truly, truly feel like, and a lot of you listeners who are previous college athletes can really relate to what Caitlin was experiencing. And I'm sure there's a lot of them out there living now who just kind of are thinking, wait, so you're telling me that I can actually like heal this? Like I can go from feeling good to great? Like it doesn't have to be like this forever? Um, and just like in your life, Caitlin, do you or are you around kind of people or do you know people who are thinking along those lines? Like this has to be this way forever. Like I just am this person now. Like it's post-college. I'm not in my youth. I'm not that strong, youthful person I used to be. Like I'm just stuck with this way. Like do you find people kind of thinking along those lines a lot? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, both with within my friend group, I try to educate and be that person. Um, and also with clients, uh, myself even, and it's cool because you have the answers. There is something to, there's hope, right. Instilled, but sometimes people just don't know. They don't have the education, obviously in our society with, you know, the lack of education in school and the basics, we just think that this is the way it is. This is actually normal. And you and I know the difference of normal versus optimal or people don't really I think some people don't really even know what it's like to actually feel really really good like they haven't even reached that point so it's kind of almost not your fault because you don't really you just don't even know what it's like and this is your baseline your norm and for me I figured for example in college I was so busy all the time and I got sick usually maybe a handful times a year with um, a head cold, strep throat. And I just felt like, well, uh, it's the season. I know I'm really run down and tired and this is just how I always am. And I see this all the time with my girls who still have a good workout routine and they were competitive athletes, but that's their norm as well as, well, I'm kind of, you know, I'm just kind of always tired. I'm in my late twenties. I'm in my early thirties and well, 
eh, like I'm stressed all the time. So that's just how it is. And I'm just like, it's not though. It doesn't have to be that way. So part of the problem is people don't really know, um, what it's like to feel super, super good. And then that's where the education comes in, you know, with, with you and I. Mm-hmm. So when you talk about kind of going from feeling good to feeling great, or as I kind of like to call it, living life on the other side, like there is a life out there for you that like, you'd be surprised as to like how good, you know, you can feel. What are kind of some of the, like if we had a list, let's say that there's like left where it's like, this is like a sign that's seen as like normal. And we had the contrast on the other side of like, this is like what can actually be possible. What would be like, let's name three different things. That's like, this is what you're told is like normal. And it may be normal in the population, but in like an optimal healthy population, here's what you should actually be experiencing. Like what are kind of some things the listeners can kind of hear and be like, mm, like maybe I am struggling, you know, struggling with this a little bit. Like what would be some signs that would encourage them to look a little bit deeper into this? Right. Um, so probably a handful of the most popular things that I talk about with my clients would be one is just that kind of irregularity with your digestion. You think it's normal more or less to feel a little bloaty after meals and at the end of the day and, you know, maybe not super regular bowel movements. And that's actually something I have a lot of aha moments with my girls is, oh, I'm supposed to have a bowel movement once a day. I sometimes go two to three days without having one. And that right off the bat is not good for you. And that's part of your problems. So that first and foremost digestion there is a regular optimal threshold right there. And that alone will make you just feel better. Um, it's just uncomfortable and even with your mood. So that off the bat. And then with a lot of women, I think uh, I'm talking more about libido is they think that it's just a normal thing to not be interested in their partner or not feeling in the mood ever. And they think that this is just how it's kind of is. And they're like, well, I'm a female. I just naturally, I, I'm just not in the mood as much as my partner is. So that's the thing I look into. And it's also, you know, depending on medications and such, um, birth control. So that's a big one. And again, just energy levels. I mean, all day long, I have girls who need multiple cups of coffee. You really crash at afternoon time. Um, you just don't really either get enough sleep or you think you do and you sleep seven to eight hours, you're in your bed, but you wake up and you're still tired. So digestion, libido, and energy um, are really, really big ones. I still do work with a lot of women who are on birth control or coming off. So, you know, those ones regulating your cycle is another conversation that I have and your PMS you know, there is a little bit of it, but before your period, it should never be to the point where it's debilitating and ruining your day. Like it should not be bad enough to disrupt your daily life. Yes, there are ebbs and flows, but there is somewhat of a baseline there as well. So I'd say those are like the handful biggest, like this is what seems normal because it's common, but actually this is what is possible and how it should be. 
So you're telling me the PMS should not consist of like laying up in a ball in your bed, curled up for like two days crying because of the pain? Absolutely not. Yeah, that is something that should not be happening. And that is a big telltale sign that there is work to be done and improved. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, and I could not agree more, you know, with kind of what you said. And I think a lot of that kind of plays out like systemically, um, just kind of with like other symptoms like in the body. But absolutely, like if, if you're experiencing just that like midday crash, it's normal. Like everyone kind of complains like, oh, like this, that afternoon slump, like I just feel grouchy and I'm tired and I just want to go home. That's not all that normal. And right. having that lower li libido that you said, where it's like, eh, like this is just kind of the way I am. And it's funny you mentioned that birth control aspect and it's weird and we don't have to go like on the whole tangent of this, but it can actually alter like the people that you like like people yes. or women yes. come off birth control and it's like I like that what <laughs> yeah that is quite a conversation um, I'm having more and more as well with both girlfriends and clients and they're both like you know uh I saw this article or I saw this and actually I'm kind of realizing this is this is weird but true question mark <laughs> yeah so so when we're looking at all that because as I was saying, like, it's just so normalized in the world that we live in to feel that way. So even if deep down, you know, and you understand, like, I don't feel like things are totally correct with myself. Like, you just kind of feel like, maybe you just feel like someone else. Maybe you feel like you're living in a different body that's like not yours. Any of these kind of things popping up, you go into a conventional doctor and you tell them like, hey, I'm feeling this, I'm feeling this, and I'm feeling this. And they tell you, oh, well, like everything looks, you know, normal. You mentioned earlier, like normal versus like optimal. And you had in the past your own kind of issue with this, where it was your thyroid, it was your TSH. And I want to say it was close to like, like two times the amount of like where it should have been. And mm -hmm. you were told, oh, like all looks good. Like you were given the green flag just to continue going on. So for the people in that position to where it's like they feel off, but they're being told like everything is okay, but maybe they want to do some digger deeping or they're kind of wondering, what do you mean like normal versus optimal? Right. Where do you start to kind of, where do you start that conversation? Yeah, that's such a great and like important question today because that's a really recurring theme, especially in the last month with my DMs and conversations with girls. And I always like to preface this though with the whole normal versus optimal and going to our doctors and asking for you know help. I always like to preface and say that I don't ever like to villainize and it's never any like disrespect. We for sure need our doctors. There's just a point where they're trained to fix right away a problem. It's not preventive. They're not looking for like, you know, you know, root cause things and looking at a holistic lens for our health. They're going to see if there's an immediate issue and fix it for you. So I always like to say that it's never any disrespect. We do need them. However, when we're looking at things with normal versus optimal, 
when it comes to numbers and blood work, you know, for example, we're going off of the average population, which our average in our nation is not super healthy. Majority of Americans, we are on some form of a pharmaceutical, you know, medication and that alters things. Um, and so they're looking to see if there's any like disease present. So yeah, majority of our numbers are going to look normal as we are told, but when you don't feel well, um, clearly that's a sign just because one person says one thing that is not an end all be all. And if you, I mean, no one is in your body and knows how you're feeling. So really you are your best advocate for your own self and health. So I like to tell, you know, all my clients, especially, Hey, I always try to set the tone and explain what they can expect at the doctors and why. And if they are still not feeling well, that's where you should go seek outside help, whether it's me, another, you know, functional health expert that looks at health as a whole. So the thing is too, with the blood work, uh, doctors typically aren't asking you, you know, about your food, your eating habits, what else is going on. It's usually a very quick visit. Um, so it's just very difficult to pair all these exacts with your health with just a number. You do need symptoms and a conversation and to see what else is going on. So I try to give it a very high level explanation to my female clients. Hey, like this is what will probably happen. Here's why at best you might be able to get X, Y, and Z blood work panels. Here's what usually isn't offered. And it's usually because of insurance reasons. Um, and again, they're looking for disease not prevention. So I try to first paint the picture and explain to girls. Um, and that way we can go a little bit deeper from there, depending on the complexity of, you know, what's going on with their health. Gotcha. And with that, I think the main thing to kind of take away from that like, is the true difference. It's one, the functional aspect, kind of what, you know, you and I are both doing in our coaching it's like we are looking to optimize. We are looking to prevent, you know, conventional doctors. And like you said, like nothing, absolutely nothing against them, but they're just trained to essentially do, you know, a different thing. And right. they are basically trained to look and see, is their disease present? And it's funny, I was looking at lab work from a client before, I want to say this was like last year. And it's like the reference ranges that they always put on there. And it was the testosterone range and like the free testosterone range. Mm -hmm. And I want to say like the bottom reference range for like free test was like, it was a zero, like zero is still within range or there's like 0 0.1, something like minuscule. Right. And it just kind of goes to show it's like, yeah, like I guess you could survive and like not be sick with very, very, very little testosterone. But like even as a female, like you need testosterone, you know, and it's just kind of seeing like based on more so of like healthy populations. You said earlier, like the prescription thing, I read a fact before and it was like in the US by the age of 30, mm -hmm. I want to say it's like an average, like the people are on an average of three medications by the time they're 30. And like, when you think of it is like, is that really like the population that I want to be in line with? 
And if you ask clients that, or if you ask someone like, hey, do you want to be like everybody else, like in the US, like just on average, and you're probably saying like, mm, like with a rising obesity rate, like rising medication rates, like rising like hospital rates, like everything, it's like, no, like I probably wouldn't want to be like them. You know, I probably want to aim for something at least a little bit higher. Right. Yeah. And the conversation, especially with like females and my clients is, um, you know, when you look at certain levels and if you're not feeling well, and usually at the doctors, they will be quick to give you something right away to fix the immediate problem. And that could be usually um, what I see is like blood pressure medication, anti-anxiety, antidepressants, like that's usually the handful. And then, you know, uh, a lot of my girls have goals of having a family and getting pregnant. And you got to think about, well, what are some things that I need to do to have a healthy pregnancy? And there's times where you need to lessen or come off of medication. And um, it's just like navigating that very difficult slippery slope where you have this immediate fix, but then that pill or whatever you can't take, you know, if you're going to get pregnant um, it's just, it's very difficult when other factors start coming into play. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And yeah, and it's just another thing of kind of looking at, you know, these medications like might be okay for a little bit of time kind of here and there. But then it's also, I just find that there's a lot of, there's like a lack of knowledge around like how to properly like take these medications, like starting the medications, like coming off the medications. Mm -hmm. I mean, we could look at something as simple as like taking a probiotic when you're on an antibiotic, something very, very simple to do, but like never talked about, you know, we could look at clients who have been on the pill for 10, 15 years. Now that, you know, they got put on at 13, 14, 15 years old. Now they want to have a kid. And it's like, Right. What, you know, what do I do? Like, I never learned what to do when I want to come off. I never learned, you know, learned how to, you know, look for side effects coming off the pill. I never learned how to, you know, check and see like, are my hormones kind of coming back and within like normal levels? And I know people hate the word like hormone optimization or like hormone balancing, like that's kind of woo woo, mm -hmm. but I don't know like how else to describe it other than like your hormones need to fall within like a set parameter. And it's like when you mix those in with like biofeedback, it is like, I don't like it is balancing to me. Like it's a balancing yes. game of like, yes, these ranges are like, they're not the end all be all, but it's like, there's a range that you kind of want to fall into. And it's just typically, I guess, not taught the way it should be for a lack of better words. Right. Yeah. And, um, I do like that you pointed that out though, again, with the biofeedback, like the symptoms, how you're feeling and you pair it within somewhat of a range to, you know, that we use again, like the optimal range. So our numbers are, it's a tighter zone, tighter range that we go off of you and I, and that's why things will start to make more sense to us versus the conventional doctor. Um, but, I always like to tell my girls, like, I don't like to, I hate teaching in absolutes, but there still is with like a realm to be operating within. And there are still like certain expectations you can have, 
Um, it's just going to be different, obviously with us versus the doctor. Mm-hmm. And I like that you also mentioned, um, with, with, um, there is a time and place for sure with certain medications, our doctors will come in with, but then there's usually no exit plan. And that is also a big problem because there's no time frame or an idea of what it looks like to get off of it. And when that happens, that's where you and I come in is because we're usually coming in cleaning up the mess and working on healing it and actually addressing why they were on it in the first place. Mm -hmm. And when we're talking about like the root cause or just like trying to figure out like, why is this problem even here to begin with? I think everyone knows the standard set of blood work that you kind of get from your doctor, like you walk in or you're, you know, sick and they're saying like, okay, we want to pull some blood, you know, we want to run some lab work. You typically just get what you get and people kind of think of it like, oh, like numbers look good. Like, you know, things are good. You know, I'm back to normal. Like I'm good, kind of whatever. Right. But when we're looking at specifically like root cause testing or figuring out like why is an issue even here to begin with, what is the difference, I guess, in what you're looking for? I mean, obviously, like what is tested and what they have is really, really, like really important. But if you could like add certain things onto that, as in like things that you're testing with your clients, let's say they're coming in with maybe like a thyroid concern or they're coming off hormonal birth control or energy dips and crashes, kind of all those different things, inflammation, whatever what are some, I guess, kind of like common markers that you look at in your panels that you're typically not going to get from like your primary care physician or like your doctor just walking in like, Hey, insurance, I want you to cover this. You know, they cover whatever. What do you add in addition to that? Right. So I will say it's, it's really interesting in the last month. Again, I've had a very concentrated conversation around this exact thing that you're asking and girls it's usually because they have already some sort of an issue so they go into their doctor and their doctor will run some shape or form of blood work but it's it's interesting because what i'm seeing is like it's just it's across the board it's very inconsistent and if someone for example i i just spoke with a girl who she really wants to uh, get pregnant and um, she's having difficulty, but she thinks she's also PCOS and she's having just difficult PMS periods. But then she showed me her blood work. She's like, does this look right to you? And she didn't even have the complete blood count. She didn't have, um, you know, I think she, I think she only had TSH, one of the many thyroid markers and she didn't even have, uh, I think really even the comprehensive metabolic p- panel, which is your kidney and, and liver. I mean, it's just pretty important. Yeah. It's just, it's strange to see there's a vast thing that come through with these girls who they're just missing really a large portion of the panels, but at best, I think what really doctors usually can pull for you will be that, um, complete uh, blood count panel, which is usually your white and red blood cells. And then the metabolic panel, again, kidneys and liver, but maybe you'll see a TSH. Um, I feel like TSH T4 at best. Um, 
sometimes vitamin D and it's, you know, those are at best you can get from your doctor. And then when it comes to the full thyroid panel, there's usually something you got to push with, you know, Hey, I have this autoimmune disorder. I have a thyroid condition in my family. Um, you got to list off the symptoms and even though, even then still, they may not run it just again, cause that's an insurance issue where you already need some sort of a label or condition or, or diagnosis, like from the doctor. So at best, maybe you have the metabolic panel, complete blood count, TSH. That's still something though. That is still something for us, you and I as a coach to have to work with. But when someone comes in with higher level problems and like you said with the thyroid, we need more than just the TSH and usually some other markers that you and I talk about with inflammation. Um, one of them, you know, CRP, for example, usually fasting insulin is on there. I think, um, glucose, mm-hmm. but the, you know, the HbA1c I don't think is very common, but there's like a handful of inflammation markers. If you're lucky, they are pulled too. Um, as well as like your lipids are often pulled too from doctors, but it's just some really important inflammation markers are very rarely, you know, pulled, even if you ask for them. So it's like, you know, you'll get like this big picture, but you're like missing all these like big chunks and you have maybe some guesses, but it's not enough to really take an efficient plan of action with your client. So even then when you get those numbers too, they're telling you they're normal. So it's like, it's very confusing for the client. And then also when they go in asking their doctor, the doctor usually looks at you like you have two heads and, or you're challenging them. So it's, it's this like difficult thing to navigate, but I'd say at best you can get a few of those panels from your doctor. You really got to push it, or maybe they run it for you once a year. I think that's usually the norm is like a physical once a year. Um, And then where you ask again is I think what I usually see doctors say, nope, sorry, or up, you want to look at your hormones. You first got to try and see if you get pregnant. And if you're having difficulty getting pregnant for a year, then we'll run your hormone panel. (laughs) So that's like, it's very frustrating, but the hormones still even, I think are rarely usually, um, run as well for my girls. I think that's, again, uh, it's a big ask for you to a doctor and when you're getting your blood work tested is also a big component, especially for a female in where you're at in your cycle and what it is exactly you're trying to accomplish with your blood work. Cause where we're at in our cycle, our hormones are going to be, you know, fluctuating. So it can kind of be inaccurate depending on what it is you're trying to see. Yeah, that, that may be, it may sound like a lot to the listeners, like, especially when you like are a bit like unfamiliar with it, but it's like the best way that I can describe it is for example, like you take like your condition or previous condition, like with the thyroid and it's like, okay, let's look at how much you are like how much thyroid or how much hormone is your thyroid stimulating like every day? And it's like, okay, we have that number. Mm-hmm. But then from there, it's like, then we have to convert to T4. And you don't have to know like these scientific terms, but basically just understand like as a listener, your body can't 
like use the T4, there's still like that next step where it has to go to T3, which is like what your body can actually use. It's free T3, like think like free, like it's floating around, like your body can use it. But then like, if you never test to see how much thyroid your body's actually using, it's not really telling you the full story. It's like you got two pieces, but this is like a multifaceted thing here because what they're not telling you is like with the standard American diet, with let's say maybe it's overeating, maybe it's undereating, maybe it's overtraining, just poor lifestyle habits, high stress from work, whatever it is, you might be having that go towards what's called reverse T3. And this thing reverse, like we don't want things in reverse. We want things going forward. So that's kind of like in my mind, like what makes sense. But it's like when stress is high from any region, your body's not going to convert things into free T3. It's going to go to reverse T3, but you can't see that unless you test. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I always like to tell, um, I think you, I probably learned this in our uh, mentorship that you and I were in, Mm -hmm. but I always like to explain to my girls, Hey, you'll probably see TSH on your, um, blood work at best, which is, you know, for your thyroid and your thyroid is helpful for your metabolism and your hormones. But think of, um, TSH, like the manager. And if that number is off the two other numbers or, you know, scientific terms underneath TSH is T3 Mm -hmm. and T4, like you kind of just said, and they're like the workers and TSH is the manager. But if the manager is slacking off and the two people underneath it, you don't know who's not performing. Mm -hmm. So if a doctor only gives you this one number that's off, you don't know why, because the other two underneath it they are the ones that are contributing, but it's like, uh, who's slacking off. And that actually is important information for you and I, because it gives us just, again, like better insight in what you and I need to do. Or if maybe there's even like serious, like autoimmune going on. Um, so the more information that you and I have, the better. And that's why it's so difficult. And then people are like, well, I don't understand. I had my blood work done, but you're just missing a lot of the big puzzle piece chunks. Mm-hmm. And just to kind of re-say it like over again, like when you do go in, you are going to get your complete blood count typically. Like you are going to get like part of like your lipids, which is like your cholesterol, HDL levels, LDL levels. You get your metabolic panel, you know, usually. But then when it comes to markers like, C-reactive protein and you are looking for like a full thyroid panel or you're looking for things like sex hormones like progesterone or you know estradiol levels just kind of things like that that plays such an important piece in like how we're feeling pretty much like day to day it's like you're just not going to often find that like in your like typical care and so like with that being said Caitlin how often do you recommend like clients? I don't want to want to say like going out of their way. Cause like, I think it's like a preventative measure that everyone should do, but right. like how often do you recommend your girls go and get their, you know, lab work tested if they are looking to kind of stay on top of things, get things kind of back into, let's say more like 
regular parameters and just want to like optimize your lifestyle as a whole? How often would right. you say? Um, I really say like, I think it's great to do it twice a year, you know, ideally like six months apart. Cause that way, whatever you need to work on and chances are, it's usually your lifestyle, your routines and habits, it's your nutrition, and then maybe some training workout adjustments. And those things can take time. And depending on, you know, um, if you're in a really big healing phase that also can take time. So I think the sweet spot is once every six months and, you know, I mean, really at minimum once a year, but if you are coming off of medications or, you know, you went through this really cool body transformation, weight loss journey, um, you can have a really good grip on things. And I think it's well worth your investment. I mean, man, if you get like a really robust panel, like you and I can offer uh, to our clients, it's, you know, usually under $300. And if you think about that in one snapshot of a year versus getting really, really sick, like that is so worth the investment and peace of mind and efficiency for yourself. So that way things don't get too far gone if it's been like over a year and being really on top of it, you know, Hey, if you, if you can do it three times or four times or like quarterly and you have that capability even better, but like the sweet spot would be once every six months. Yeah. And I really like actually the, 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 the fact that you brought up just like immunity, like immune health, because I think that's something else that we didn't really talk about really on this call but really like the same thing still applies for that. You know, we mentioned energy, we mentioned mood, irritability, like PMS, mm. kind of just feeling like sluggish, digestion stuff. But there's even like benefits. And this is kind of where I talk about like life on the other side. Like if you are getting sick every month, every month and a half, two months, like that, that may seem like, oh, like I just get sick often. But like there are things that you can do and, you know, given a lot of like this isn't just all like go do a hormone panel, go do a hormone panel. Like there is, of course, like the training that you need to adjust, the nutrition that you need to adjust, the mindset, behavior change, like lifestyle, like all of that, like is going to be the foundational piece into like making these changes. But I really, really just like wanted to like hop on and discuss like there's a lot more to it. There's the life on the other side, like going from feeling good to going great. And Caitlin, you mentioned this before we hopped on, but you were just talking with someone, I think it was maybe earlier this morning, earlier this week, but it's like, you you say the quote, it was like, you don't know what it feels like. I'll let you finish. I want to butcher it there. I like yeah, that quote. It's just, you don't really know what great feels like until you feel great. It's just, you may have never even felt optimal or, you know, so like really just going from good to great, you don't know how good feels until you feel it. It's <laughs> mm -hmm. the conversation. I honestly feel like I have so many times with my clients and they finally put a little bit of faith up front and do the things that I tell them to do. And there's usually that aha moment in the first like few weeks always. <laughs> yeah. And it's, it's just a really good conversation to have because this is something that just like you, like I am asked, but like over and over and over again. And it's, it's just like, 
what is the difference between like regular lab work and like functional lab work? What's like the difference in the way, you know, conventional doctors operate in the way more like holistic or alternative or integrate, like whatever words you want to use, like how do they operate differently? And it's just like a lot of coaches or I guess a lot of clients kind of look at coaches as like, you're a trainer, you know, they, they, they think of like in-person trainer and mm -hmm. it's like, you go in the gym, you get your workouts and that's it. And sometimes maybe like they might help you with nutrition too, but even just like nutrition, it's like food is the medicine. And totally. it's like when you have that deeper understanding of like what it actually is and like how it affects different bodily systems, again, you start pushing closer to that, like feeling great. And it's like, oh, and people don't often realize like, yes, like we are able to do that. We don't need to prescribe anything or like, you know, say we're treating anything, but it's like lifestyle nutrition changes go a long freaking way just yeah. in feeling better in your journey. So yes, a hundred million thousand percent forever. <laughs> but yeah, Caitlin, I really appreciate you hopping on. I don't want to make this too, too long. I want to kind of cap it around like 30 ish, kind of 40 ish minutes. And we're right around that time. So for the listeners who want to follow along with your journey, follow along with what you're doing, like I said, your content really, you know, really sticks out. You have a really just unique message in what you're doing. So for those who want to follow along, where can they find you and what is your username or kind of profile name? Yeah. Um, so thanks again to you for having me. And you can find me at kmacfitness or k underscore mac mac fitness on Instagram. And I'm always obviously sharing all the things that we talked about today and the fun beauty girly uh, skin stuff too on top of it. So I try to mix some fun stuff in as well with health. Perfect. Well, a little bit of comedy there. You get some lab work stuff, some um, comedy stuff mixed in, some skincare stuff mixed in, clothing stuff mixed in. You kind of get a little bit of everything. So Always. thanks again <laughs> for hopping on. Thank thanks, you all Alex. for tuning into this episode and we will see you next time.